You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. The devil doesn't fear your empty belly. COVID-19 and the bioterrorists that manufactured it are not going to be running away from the sound of your growling stomach. But let me tell you this, if you fast for the right reasons, the devil and all the enemies against the church right now, they will run because you have suppressed flesh and elevated Holy Ghost. That's what the devil is afraid of. So yeah, you can fast for the wrong reasons. But hopefully you're fasting for the right reasons. And that is for the subjection of the flesh. Fasting is more than just pushing a box of pizza away and getting your prayer journal more closer to your mouth. Fasting is strategic. It's purposeful. And it has to be biblical. Hi, this is Justin Gleason. And I approve of everything that I just said. Welcome to Spirit Signal. Thank you so much to the hundreds of you, yes, hundreds, that are listening to our weekly podcasts, soon to be thousands. The Lord is opening doors for us, giving us ideas, speaking to us to bring you excellence in Pentecostal podcasting on a weekly basis. I would love to stay connected to you. Please consider subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a great review and rating. Follow me on social media, Facebook pages, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-C-G-L-E-A-S-O-N. You can also email me at spiritsignaljg at gmail.com. This generation is looking for some good reception to the voice and signals of God. SSWJG, it is the network to join. So what are you doing this COVID-19 season of quarantining? Hopefully you're doing something. Actually, I I know you are. Lazy people are not attracted to Spirit Signal. Spirit Signal pushes people to get out and do something, to get out and hear from God, to dig deep into the Word, to pray. And yes, we're going to talk about fasting today. But uh, what are you doing to not uh, go crazy? You know, some of us are stuck at home. Some of us, have, our lives are completely different and we're having to rethink how we live and function. I'll tell you what I did. I got out and worked in my yard. Yes, I did. My wife and I bought our house seven years ago. And for seven years, every spring, you know what we get in our yard? Those beautiful yellow dandelions. Yes, a field of them. Matter of fact, I started thinking about opening up a dandelion farm. For all you hippies that love to eat that stuff and drink that stuff. Apparently, there's antioxidants and so many things in dandelions. I was at a conference not too long ago, and a friend of mine bought some dandelion tea, thinking it would uh, heal his ailment. He drank it and got sicker. True story. No judgment. Maybe your body reacts great to dandelions. Maybe your body doesn't. I don't know. To each his own. But uh, I just have to say, in my lawn, I did not like the look of dandelions. You know, I kind of got used to them. But two years ago, I was mowing my lawn, and I looked down at my lawn, and I realized I don't have a lawn. I don't see any grass. I wasn't mowing grass. I was mowing weeds. Yes, I was. 
My lawn was not a lawn. It was a salad bar. There was spinach in it. There was broccoli in it. There was carrots in it. There was onions. Yes, there were mushrooms. There was all types of stuff growing in that lawn. It was a salad bar, and I decided, you know what, enough is enough. So I started taking care of it. And so for the first time in seven years, my lawn is not covered in a field of dandelions. I am stoked. Congratulations to me. I was the type of guy that said, I don't care really what grows in my lawn just so long as it's green. And you know what, that is a good philosophy to have. But I'm telling you, when you walk out there and you fear that you have poison sumac in your yard, you fear that there is thorns growing in your yard, you fear that there is all types of vegetation growing in there, maybe those types of plants that develop teeth and will eat people, you want to do something about your lawn. So that's what I did. We started working on it, started studying it, and uh, we got a pretty decent lawn. Now all I need is some overalls and maybe gain another 45 pounds and get out there and garden. Look the part, you know? Yeah, okay. All right, on, on to the regular uh, scheduled subject for today. Fasting like Daniel. There are three foundational uh, spiritual disciplines that Daniel practiced. Prayer, reading of scripture, and thirdly, fasting. These are the three things that you see Daniel doing throughout his book. To hear from God, to draw close to God, and to be protected in the time of trouble. When I say Daniel, maybe your mind thinks about the Daniel's fast. The Daniel's fast found in the book of Daniel chapter number one. And if your mind goes to that, I'm glad. But, you know, somebody wrote a book about that, the Daniel's fast. They produced uh, all kinds of videos and things like that. It's been preached. It's been taught. It's been publicized. Many people go on the Daniel diet, usually the second or third week of January, hoping they would lose uh, a lot of weight, hoping they would get healthy, you know, things like that. People are still doing it. I know people did it this year, but let me just tell you, you need to, before you read that book, you need to read your Bible. Read your Bible in Daniel chapter one. The so-called Daniel's fast really was not a fast. It was more so the keeping of the Old Testament commandments and the diet restrictions that those who were of Israel would have to keep, which Daniel did. Daniel was of Israel. When Daniel was, uh, uh, when, when he was brought into Babylon, a part of the captives, he was put in the king's court to study, to learn, and to serve the king as a eunuch. He refused to eat the king's delicacies, the king's delicacies, because these delicacies, although they were delicacies to the Babylonians, they were an abomination to the men and women of Israel. Uh, these things were like pork, lion, camel, rattlesnake, other strange meats that the Babylonians would eat. Daniel could not eat those. So Daniel said, test me for 10 days. Let all the Babylonians eat the monkey brains, eat the bats, whatever else they eat, and just simply give me uh, vegetables. I think in the King James it says pulse. But pulse is like vegetables. It, and specifically, it could probably mean seeds. Or beans. Daniel said, test me for 10 days. 10 days. I'll eat my vegetables and you guys eat your abominable meat. And the leader of the eunuchs said, okay, let's do it. So for 10 days, Daniel chowed down on celery. 
He chowed down on radishes. He ate Brussels sprouts. I don't know what all he ate, but that's what he ate. And the Babylonians ate their abominable delicacies. And after 10 days, Daniel said, look at me. My face is fatter than everybody else's. That's what the Bible says. So this thing that we call Daniel's fast, it's not a fast. It was a commitment to Daniel to not break the kosher commandments of God. Okay? That's what it was. So the real Daniel's fast is for you to not eat any abomination, but only eat kosher fruit and vegetables, seeds, and beans. And after 10 days, look in the mirror and see if your face is fatter. Okay? That is the real Daniel's one, Daniel's fast. I hope you have success with it. Some of you need a fatter face. Let's move on to the actual depths of the real Daniel's fasts, which are found in Daniel 9 and Daniel 10. Those are the actual Daniel fasts. Daniel would have taken his knowledge and his doctrines and his practices of fasting based upon the Bible that he knew. Genesis to Ezekiel. Those were the books of the Bible that he had. He would have looked to these scriptures, the writings, the teachings, and the testimonies of his forefathers for direction in fasting. According to rabbinical tradition and anybody who studies the Bible, in what we call the Old Testament, there were five major fasts. Five major things that you fast. Number one, eating and drinking. You did not eat and you did not drink. Uh, For example, you take up Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah, both of these men uh, were up on a mountain, Mount Sinai, each of them for 40 days. Moses and Ezekiel, or excuse me, Exodus 34, Elijah and 1 Kings, uh, about chapter 19. They fasted for 40 days and 40 nights up on a mountain. Think about this. Is there any food up on a mountain? Probably not. Is there any water up on a mountain? Probably not. So these are examples of the power of fasting. You think about what Moses walked down off of that mountain with the Ten Commandments. Elijah uh, heard the voice of the Lord on that mountain, received direction for his life, and was able uh, to continue on and receive strength. So eating and drinking, that's the first fast. Number two, bathing. Bathing was a fast. Uh, In 2 Samuel 12, David the king, while his son was stricken with illness, it says that he would not bathe. You look in other places in the Bible, many people, when there was a time of anguish, a time of despair, calling out to the Lord, they would actually make themselves dirty. They would put dust on their faces, dust on their arms, dust on their body, or they would take ashes from the fire and do this. Uh, uh, Joshua, the army of Israel in Joshua 7, after they were defeated at Ai, did this. Uh, Job did this. So yes, you uh, as a as a way of bearing your own reproach, you did not bathe, and sometimes you actually made yourself dirty. Number three, you fasted anointing yourself with oil. Anointing yourself with oil. Again, in 2 Samuel 12, David, while his son was uh, stricken with illness, he did this. He would not bathe, and he did not anoint himself. Um Uh, There's other places of this in in the Bible. It's basically no perfumes, no cosmetics, nothing uh, to to make the human body have any type of fragrance or smell good. You fasted anointing. Fourthly was fine clothing. You fasted wearing nice clothes. Genesis 37, when Jacob heard the news of Joseph's supposed death from his brothers, he tore his clothes and he wore sackcloth. 
That was a form of fasting. Did not wear nice clothes. He wore sackcloth. And fifthly, marital relations. You fasted marital relations. Uh, Exodus 19, Moses commanded the men of Israel to not go near their wives for three days to sanctify themselves, to wait on the Lord at Mount Sinai. So there you have it. Those are the major five fasts of the Old Testament. No food or water, no bathing, no anointing oil, no wearing of fine clothing, and no marital relations. Several years ago, I read a very interesting rabbinical commentary on this, and the rabbis taught that if one practiced all five of these fasts, it is said that he would live as an angel lives. Giving up all pleasures to the flesh, one lives as though he is dead. That's something. And you think about that. Food and water, bathing, anointing oil, fine clothing, marital relations, Those are all for our humanity. Those are all for our flesh. Not saying any of those things are sinful, but they are pleasurable. They don't do anything for our soul. They don't do anything for our spirit. They do nothing for our inner man. Those are things all for our outward man. And that was the goal of fasting. Don't give what your outward man needs. Don't give what your outward man wants. Don't give what your outward man craves, but rather... Take away all of those things that are appealing to the outward man and feed the inner man. That is how flesh was put into subjection. That is how flesh was suppressed. And you increased your inward desires for God, your inward desires to hear from God, your inward desires to find the ways of the Lord. Coffee. Drinking a lot of it these days. I'm not going to lie. I've already got about 40 ounces of it in me today. But that's just kind of how we keep going. And I'm sure your coffee intake has increased by about 20 to 30 ounces yourself. So this is a judgment-free zone. Okay. In the book of Daniel, chapter number 9, verse 3, Daniel says, I set my face towards the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting sackcloth, and ashes. There you go. He's following three of the five fasts that I just mentioned. He did not have any food or water. He wasn't wearing nice clothes. He was wearing sackcloth. And he had ashes. He purposely made himself dirty. So yeah, he had no food or water. He did not wear any nice clothes, and he did not bathe or anoint himself. Now, you notice there he didn't say he stayed away from his wife. He didn't have a wife. He was a eunuch. He never married. He was a single man all throughout his life and ministry as an Old Testament prophet. You read on over into Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, verse 3. It says, I ate. This, this is a different season of fasting than chapter 9. It says, I ate no pleasant food, nor meat or wine came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Daniel chapter 9, when he fasted, after that fast, Gabriel came to him and gave him the revelation of uh, the 70 weeks prophecy, very powerful prophecy. Sometime later in Daniel 10, Daniel is fasting. You notice here he is only fasting good food. He's not eating anything pleasant. He's only uh, fasting good food. He was he was eating uh, things 
uh, that were not good. And out of that came great revelation of uh, the conflicts between Greece and the Persian Empire and uh, other things pertaining to Bible prophecy, including uh, he saw the, the coming of Messiah for his kingdom and uh, detailed prophecies of the end. So you look at fasting, what it produces, and then type of these type of situations. When you fast the right way and the correct way, you're going to hear from God. And not only for the here and now, possibly an explanation of the past, but chances are you're going to get a great glimpse into the future. Yes, you will. Daniel did not fast for power. Daniel did not fast for dominion. You know what he fasted for? The sins of Israel. And Daniel really wasn't a sinner. I seriously doubt he ever worshipped an idol. I seriously doubt he ever practiced the pagan dark arts. You know who he was fasting for whose sins? The sins of his forefathers. The sins of the generation that disappointed God. To leading the Lord taking his hand away from Israel. To turning his face away from Israel while destruction came from Babylon. That is why Daniel was fasting. And he was fasting to see the fulfillment of the word of the Lord concerning Israel, as spoken of by Jeremiah the prophet, that 70 years of captivity would be upon God's people. Daniel's prayer, his understanding of scripture, and his fasting of food and water, wearing sackcloth, not bathing, but covering himself in ashes, going weeks upon weeks without eating anything pleasant. He probably, speaking of in Daniel 10, he probably was only eating barley and bitter herbs, not anointing himself during that time, had no clean meat, no wine, none of that. After doing all of that, suppressing his flesh, when the seasons were right, when he felt to do it, after that he gained great favor with the kings of Babylon and Persia. He saw the defeat of his enemies, delivered from lions, received great prophetic revelations from God. And you know what else he did? He defeated the demonic powers of Persia. He was able to accomplish great things, great victories in spiritual warfare. Daniel's fast and the fasts of the Old Testament are carried over into the New Testament. You can see them outlined a lot in the New Testament. Why do we fast? Well, I'll tell you a few reasons why we don't fast. Fasting is not to raise awareness for eating disorders, poverty, or famine. Fasting is a way to deny your sin. Fasting is a way to deny your flesh. We don't fast as a way to demonstrate a hunger strike. But the key thing is to abstain from sin and fleshly desires. And I know I gave you five major things to fast in the Old Testament, but let's talk about the food and water thing, first of all, mainly the food. Why is fasting food the number one thing seen in the New Testament? Well, the reason is, think about this, in Genesis 1, what was mankind's first sin? What was our first sin? It was not fornication, it was not adultery, it was not idolatry. It was not murder. It was not theft. It was not covetousness. It was none of those things. Our first sin was eating something that we were not supposed to. There was a tree placed in the Garden of Eden, a tree that if one ate of it, the revelation of good and evil would come to him. God never wanted mankind to understand 
how good and evil can blend and exist. How you can have both good and evil active in the world. That was a tree meant for a specific purpose and a reason only known to God. Not going to get into that. God only wanted mankind to know his word, to only obey what he taught them. But because of man's sinful desire, because of the uh, lies and the seducing of the serpent who was Satan himself, man ate and sinned. So whenever you deny yourself food for a time and season, you are proving to yourself and the devil that you can say no. Think about this. If you can say no to food for a while, you can start saying no to cigarettes. If you can say no to food for a while, you can start saying no to alcohol. If you can start saying no to food for a while, you can say no to porn. You can say no to fornication. You can say no to adultery. You can say no to any sin. Yeah, maybe you are just a little bit of a fast away from deliverance. I feel like I'm talking to somebody right now. Take this season of COVID-19 as a great opportunity to fast. You're probably not doing much of anything anyway. Go without food for a little bit, subject your flesh, and maybe that is the pathway to your deliverance. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fasting elevates the spirit. Yes, the Holy Ghost, but also your human spirit to connect with God. First, First Corinthians one twenty nine says, No flesh shall glory in his presence. Your flesh does not glorify God. Isaiah said, Our fleshly righteousness is like filthy rags in the eyesight of God. There is no good thing in your flesh. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Only glorified, glorified flesh can. That is why fasting is so powerful. It is taking rotten, filthy, fallen flesh and subjecting it in the eyes of God. So yes, we fast food and water. Jesus did this. The apostles did this. All disciples did this. It is the foundational principle of fasting. Well, what about the rest of the rest of the fast? Can we apply them today? You know what? I think absolutely. Some of them you you can't get away with. The one thing I will say that Jesus taught us was you don't fast to be seen of men. The Pharisees did this. They were never fasting to subject their flesh. Actually, their fasting was an act. They would do things to look like they were fasting. They would disfigure their faces, walk like they had been fasting for 70 days. It was all to be seen of men. Jesus taught us when you're fasting, you need to appear as if you just chowed down at the buffet. Don't look like you're fasting. He taught us this way about prayer. He taught us this way about giving. And it applies to, to fasting. You don't appear to be fasting. So when it comes to bathing, uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say this. Uh, I believe in the old adage that uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. Uh, Christians uh, need to be bathing. And uh, we need to uh, wear deodorant and cologne and all of that. So, But uh, let, let's be honest, bathing is for the flesh. You don't need to take a bath to survive. Deodorant, hairspray, all of that, chapstick, lip balm, whatever, cologne, all of those cosmetics, lotions, soaps, all of those things that we apply to our body are for the flesh. If you feel to go without those things for a while and really subject your flesh, including not brushing your teeth, 
and things like that. No, no cosmetics at all on the body. Do that when you're not needing to go out in public. Lock yourself away in your home and practice those things as Daniel did. You know, Jesus did these things in the wilderness. Think about that. There's no bathing in the wilderness. There's no anointing oil in the wilderness. There was men and women that practiced this in the New Testament, but it really wasn't spoken of publicly. It's all done privately. Uh, not wearing any fine clothing. Uh, you can certainly practice that. Don't wear your best. You know, wear your worst. And fasting marital relations. Uh, Paul spoke about this uh, to the Corinthian church, uh, speaking about it needs to be consensual uh, with your husband or wife uh, if you're going to be fasting marital relations. But you think about this. If you're going to be fasting food or water or maybe fasting only pleasant things, uh, possibly, uh, you know, back in the days of Daniel, they would eat something like romaine lettuce and maybe some uh, freshly uh, chopped up horseradish. You think about eating that. You get a sour look on your face, don't you? That's because it's nothing pleasant. You can humble yourself by eating bitter herbs like they did in the times of fasting, like they're doing now uh, during uh, Passover, eating the bitter herbs to remind themselves of their bitter bondage in the land of Egypt. Bitter food suppresses flesh. Uh, maybe take uh, just wheat toast and only dip it in olive oil or dip it in some type of vinegar. It's not really the greatest taste in the world. Yes, you're getting the nourishment and the nutrition that you need, but it's not pleasurable like a bowl of vanilla ice cream or a candy bar or a big cold glass of sweet tea. Now, when, you, when you're only drinking room temperature water, eating bitter herbs, you're going to be suppressing the flesh. You don't wear your favorite outfits, but rather wear simple plain clothes for a while. Uh, doing all of these things to not please the flesh, you're going to end up suppressing the flesh. But do so in a way where you're not communicating that you're fasting. Do so in a way you're only fasting for God, only for God to see. And when you do these things in secret, the Lord will reward you openly. Amen. Amen. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness and he was able to withstand the temptation of Satan himself. Jesus had favor with Pilate. He had favor with other various rulers. Jesus defeated his enemies. He received great revelations. He had victory in spiritual warfare. All of the things that Daniel had in his time. And you know what I think? You and I can have that too. A time and season that we're in during this COVID-19 time of quarantining and restriction, we need to hear from God. We need direction for the future. And the only way we're going to get that is if we suppress our flesh. During times of trouble and uncertainty, it's no time to celebrate. It's no time to make merry. It's time to not, eating, to not be eating so much. It's time to not be drinking so much. It's time to suppress our flesh giving no place for our flesh, subjecting it in the eyes of God, giving no place for the devil. We're in a spiritual battle, and we need to win this spiritual battle. The devil is right there. He's right at your door. He's trying to break into our lives, confuse us with fear and doubt. It's time to subject our flesh. So am I saying you need to fast till your belly button falls off? No, I'm not saying that. 
But what I am saying is, subject your flesh, hear from God, receive from God, live like an angel, maybe for 24, 48, 72 hours at the most, with no eating, only drinking if you must, no bathing, no anointing oil, no wearing of fine clothing, and if you're married, no marital relations. If you do those things, you'll be fasting like Daniel. You'll fast like Moses. You'll fast like Elijah. You'll fast like David. You'll fast like Jesus. You'll be a fasting like the Apostle Peter, James, John, Paul. Those are the biblical fasts for biblical reasons. And you watch. You'll destroy the enemy of your soul. God will visit you in your dreams. He'll visit you in your mind's eye visions. You'll hear from God. You'll have spiritual clarity. You're going to get revelations. You may have visitations from angels. That's how Daniel fasted. If you will pray like Daniel prayed, understand scripture like Daniel understood it, fast like Daniel fasted, you'll silence the voices of your enemies. You'll close the mouth of lions. You'll receive revelation and insight of the future. Amen. Let's dedicate our lives to the Lord during this COVID-19 season. God bless you. Podcasting is the future, and I hope I have a future in it. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level.